Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino. What am I supposed to say? <laughs> Welcome to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino. That okay. was perfect. Here it comes. No, three. To welcome to everything iconic with Danny Pellegrino. Pepe, I, I, I you can go yeah, ahead. Pepe, too. do it yeah, now. Yeah, okay, okay, here we go. Welcome to everything iconic with Danny Pellegrino. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic. Those voices you heard at the beginning of this episode were Gonzo the Great and Pepe, of course, of the Muppets. You guys, the Muppets are on Everything Iconic today. We have so much to cover in this episode. We got the Real Houses of Beverly Hills finale, the reunion trailer, Vanderpump Rules, and I have interviews with the Muppets. I can't even believe I get to say that. Not only do I have a chat with Gonzo and Pepe from the Muppets, starring in the new Haunted Mansion out October 8th on Disney+, Plus, but I also got to sit down with the one, the only... You guys, this is probably the most exciting guest in everything iconic history, I believe. And we've had some great people on this show, wonderful actors, hosts, celebrities, all sorts of amazing people have stopped by. But to me, this was the peak. This was the everything to me, getting to talk to the one and only Miss Piggy. I grew up on the Muppets. So to talk to actual Miss Piggy over Zoom, I couldn't believe I even got to do it. And it's just a quick five-minute interview, but you guys, I'm going to play it for you in just a second. And then at the end of the podcast, I'll play my chat with Pepe and Gonzo from the Muppets. I'm going to put these interviews in full on the YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one, so you can watch them there. And then we got to talk about all this housewife stuff. So first, uh, listen to my quick chat. With Miss Piggy. I can't believe I get to say that. By the way, I learned my lesson with Miss Piggy, too, because behind me on the Zoom, I had my Fozzie Bear stuffed animal. And boy, that was a mistake when I'm talking to Miss Piggy. So she made me get rid of it. You'll hear it in the chat. But I had my Fozzie Bear stuffed because I love my Fozzie. But if I would have known it was going to upset our dear Miss Piggy, I wouldn't have had it behind me. But luckily, we moved past it. Uh, and you guys can hear our chat right now. Please enjoy. I'm here with the one and only what I call a QIL which is a queen, an icon, and a legend. Of course, I'm talking about Miss Piggy. Miss Piggy, how are you? Q-I-L. Can I call I you like that? I like it. I like it. I'm going to use it. Is that all right? I, I, I hope you it? do. I hope, please, use Ms. it. Miss Piggy, Q-I-L. Sort of like <laughs> PhD or, you know, Q-E-D, whatever that stands for. Right. I right. like it. That's you. How are you doing today, Miss Piggy? I am doing great. Thank you. Now, I just do have one question for you. Please. If you're such a big fan of moi, why is it you don't have a little Miss Piggy behind you? Okay, Miss Piggy. Why, why, I, why, the, why the bear? I have Fozzie Bear behind me, but I promise you, I just told my boyfriend before we were recording, I said, yeah. I want to put my Miss Piggy stuffed animal behind me. I have the Christmas Miss Piggy that you did yeah. when you did Muppet Family Christmas. Right. And my boyfriend said I would freak you out. I, he thought I would be coming across as too big of a fan if I put that behind too me. Too big of a fan. I yeah. see. Okay, well, you know, I appreciate that you put some thought into this. 
I did. Okay. Miss Piggy, I have your from Muppet Family Christmas 1989. Mm-hmm. I have one. I put it by my tree every year. Okay. I believe you. I believe you. Okay. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. Miss Piggy, I have so many questions. But could for you, you move the bear, please? Okay. Well, we'll get rid of the bear. Yeah. Bear's gone. He's Thank gone. Thank you. He's gone. Thank you. I have so many questions for you. I want to talk yes. about Haunted Mansion, but before we do, I got to yes. talk relationship advice. And I mentioned All my right. boyfriend. What relationship advice do you have for people who are listening to everything iconic right now? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. Look, you just got to be honest with who you are to the other person and with yourself. Okay? Right. That's, that's the best advice I can give you. Right. Okay? How are you and Kermit doing? You and Kermit. Yeah, um, you know, it's right now it's moi and Kermit. Okay, let's just put it that way. It's not well, Kermit, it's Kermit. It should always be moi first, if I've learned anything from you. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Speaking of, what do you, I want to talk about self-care for a little bit. It's been a rough couple of years. What do you do for self-care, Miss Piggy? Oh, I try to take care of myself. You know, I try, first of all, try to stay safe. Okay, try to say we should all be doing that, but you know, I, 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 uh, I don't go to the gym, um, but I, I do have a personal trainer who goes to the gym for me, and uh, you know, I, I, I make them run uh, twenty miles every day. I like that, and that you know seems to do the trick for me. You look yeah. phenomenal, better Thank than ever. You. Better than ever. Uh, Muppet Haunted Mansion. Yes. Do you like scary movies? Are you a scary movie person? No, not really. I mean, if I'm on a date, it's it's maybe a good thing. You know, it's nice to have somebody to cozy up to when you're right. watching a scary movie. But no, no, not really my thing. Not really my thing. What can you tell people about Muppet Haunted Mansion? Okay, well, it's not your typical, you know, um, slasher film. I mean, you know, it's it's not really. It's hard to even call it a. Um, um, you know, a uh, horror movie. Right, right. It's, it's, it's for the whole family. Real, it's for the whole family, exactly. I mean, there's some scary stuff in there. Don't get me wrong. But it's really it's really a lot of fun. There's a lot of music. There's a lot of comedy. And there's, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's a really fun, fun special. Well, I can't wait for everyone to see it. Before yes. I let you go, there are two quick questions I ask all of my guests. Okay. Uh, number one is, uh, do you have a favorite Mariah Carey song? And then also, who mm-hmm. would you choose for Sexiest Man Alive if you were choosing for People Magazine? I don't know what Mariah Carey's favorite song is, but I imagine it's one of mine. One. <laughs> I love what- your version of Santa Baby. That's my favorite. Yes. Yes. It, it's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, and good. People Magazine. I do, I do it differently than anybody else. It's the best one, I swear. Yeah, thank you, thank yeah. you. And what was the other question? And People Magazine, Sexiest Man Alive. Who would you choose? Who would I choose? And, you know, I don't know what. Uh, who's the, who's the, who's Captain America? We'll Captain choose him. America. Chris, Captain Chris America. Evans. He's a good choice. Miss yeah. Piggy, what a delight. Again, QIL, thank you for stopping by Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I love you with all of my heart. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Love you too. <laughs> what a delight, you guys. I'm so excited. I got to talk to Miss Piggy. I was smiling ear to ear the whole time and then the whole first day after that or two days after that i was just smiling ear to ear i couldn't believe it 
Anyway, we got to break down all of this Real Housewives stuff. We have the finale of Beverly Hills and then the reunion trailer. The reunion trailer, you guys, when I saw that. I have the no. chills. No. I have the chills. I couldn't believe it. I, I, They said it was going to be a four-part reunion, which I at first thought there shouldn't be a four-part reunion. I don't even think reunions should be three parts most of the time. I often think a two-parter is good enough. And so when I heard Andy and the press and Bravo all saying that it's going to be a four-part reunion on Beverly Hills coming up, I thought, we don't need a pass, hard pass, give us three, it's going to be stretched out. And then I saw this reunion trailer, I was like, what was I thinking? I need a five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen-part reunion, because this looks good. Ah, oh, you guys, it looks so good. And the trailer is majestic, better than anything that I've seen in theaters in terms of a trailer, movie trailer. This has got drama, it's got laughs, it's got looks. Some of the looks good, some of them not so good. You guys, what was going on with Kyle's hair? I'm not sure. Unclear. But she's has hair. She did a hairdo. I'm not sure what it was, but she did a hairdo. So when I saw the trailer, I was like, we need more. And I I, I think it was the most thrilling trailer that uh, Bravo has ever done, certainly in reunion history, in my opinion. I thought it was just so, so well done. So I'm going to play a little clip. If you haven't seen this trailer, you need to go stop this podcast, go watch the whole thing, because it's like three or four minutes long or something. And quite honestly, I wish it was five, six, seven minutes long. Uh, but they gave us a few minutes, and I'm going to play just a minute of the end of the Real House of Beverly Hills reunion trailer. Now, this is when Andy really engages. So he starts to engage with Bamboozled Jane, asking her all these questions. So I'm going to play uh, just that little portion, and then we're going to come back and talk about this. Because, whoo, whoo, child, whoo. A lot of woos, a lot of woos. I have the chills. And the fucking chills. Okay, let's hear a clip. We're going to put you on a skewer, and I'm going to fire up the barbecue. Why didn't you leave Tom sooner? Where was I going? I know what you make on this show. Hold on. Did you feel you were held captive? He's having multiple affairs, yet, as we know, he put $20 million and more into your account. Who believes Erica did not know anything about what Tom was doing? Can someone please back me the up on what I'm saying? You were manipulating the narrative by saying that the cognitive decline started three years ago. That's not true. Again, here you are, looking at me, rolling your eyes. It lands differently when there are air crash victims. Have you asked him if he did it? I asked him, why am I, why? You guys, I've watched that trailer a hundred times. I listened to the audio because I had to pull the audio clip for our soundboard. And still hearing it yet again, I got the goose pimples. I got the goosebumps. The serotonin's flying high. Endorphins are running through the body. I feel good. And you know what? I think Andy said, Andy took a lot of crap this season, both on Watch What Happens Live and the press and everything. Because we all said to Andy, he's been too easy on Bamboozle Chain, right? Like, we've seen him on the other women. We haven't seen him sit down necessarily with Erica. But we have seen him sit down with the other women and his guests on Watch What Happens Live. And I think a lot of fans, a lot of viewers have been saying, Andy, you're not being tough enough on these other people. It seems like he's going loose, fast and loose on Erica Jane. And then Andy sat down for that reunion. And I think he knew, I bet you in the back of Andy's mind, he's like, I'm going to save it all for the reunion. Surprise, everybody. And then he gave us this epic four-part reunion trailer. And I think Andy said that this one's for the girls, metaphorically, if you know what I'm saying. That's what he said. That's what I felt like he was saying through the TV. 
because it was giving us everything. He said he was going to barbecue Erica, which the, the turn of phrase, I mean, I was surprised it even said that because sometimes I think a turn of a phrase is not a good thing. Remember that reunion where he said something to Brandy Glanville and compared her to a dog? And she's like, what the fuck are you saying? Like comparing me to a dog. So sometimes a metaphor or a turn of phrase doesn't work. But he went in with the metaphor again and said he was going to barbecue Bamboozle Jane. Right? Put her on a skewer, he said. I couldn't believe that. And I thought Eric was going to just like jump out of her seat, at, her seat at him. And then he's asking her one by one. He says, I know what you make. He said, I know what you make, you guys. When I heard that. I have the no. Uh, no. I couldn't believe it. The whole time I'm getting the chills. Because he said, I know how much you make. And he said, what did you? And then the real smoking gun at the end when he says something like, well, did you ask Tom? And she says, well, I asked Tom this. And then she catches herself. She like bites her tongue and steps back and just starts crying. And they do a close up. Those Bravo, the camera people, give them a raise, give them an Emmy, give them a Peabody, whatever we need to give them. Because those people deserve a raise. They were close in on that tight uh, that tight shot of Erica Jane's face as she's crying. And then it looks like she's got the Botox uh, deflated or the filler. I'm not exactly sure how that works, but it seemed to me like maybe the face was, was looking different. Still beautiful, don't get me wrong. It just didn't look as tight as normal. Does that make sense? Like, I hope that's not mean. I'm not trying to be mean and talk about somebody's looks. But it just looked drastically different than the season. It's just a, a compare and contrast. And I actually prefer the more natural look. I think it's a, a good thing. But God bless. If you want to get Botox, fill your face up, do whatever you want. Ladies, am I right? You do whatever you want to your body. However, it just looked different. And so here she is, a close-up of her crying. And then meanwhile, the first time I even saw the trailer is because somebody had sent me, a friend texted me. She, Erica Jane, had posted on her Instagram the whole thing. So I think that was where it was first posted. And her caption said like something about her being the champ. And then I'm watching the trailer. I'm like, really? That's you being the champ? Because it it just looked like a sad, sad performance. You ended the uh, trailer in tears, staring into the camera. It was like uh, the visual sounded like this. <laughs> and then you're bragging about being the champ. I was like, that's how the champ acts. Like, I don't know about that. Uh, I could be wrong, but I don't really feel that. But there's so many other things. Of course, there's the uh, Garcelle and Rinna of it all. It looks like Kyle, like I said, has got some weird hairdo. I don't even know what was going on. There was that moment where Kath and Kyle were crying into each other's arms. and Of course, I don't want Kath to cry at all. You know, I don't like to see my Kath cry. Uh, and to see her just sob into her sister Kyle's arms, like I wanted to feel that moment. But also, I was so distracted by everything, all the hair clip work that was going on in Miss Kyle the Splits Richard's hair. Uh, she looked beautiful. I love the dress on Kyle. I just didn't quite understand the hairdo. But maybe it's going to be one of those things like how we see Dorit a few seasons back. Sometimes she put the hair clips in and then they become a big trend. So who knows? Maybe Kyle, uh, the Splits Richards is starting a trend. I don't know. All I am saying is that I was distracted. I wanted to focus like, what are Kath and Kyle talking about? Because Kath is like, it's okay. Or Kyle goes to Kath. It's okay. You can cry. It's okay. And Kath, I couldn't believe she was sobbing in her arms so i don't even know what that's about but obviously some richard silton family secrets gonna come out i'm very excited about that because truly as much as erica wants to say she's uh, running this show now and it's all about her i think the real heart and soul of this entire franchise beverly hills is the dynamic between the richard sisters that's where it started and that's where it's going to end okay some of these women could be behind bars uh while this show's still going on and we're examining the dynamic between kath kyle and kim believe me People have come and gone on this show, but you know who's stuck around? The ghost of Big Kath. That's who's still around in the Real House of Beverly Hills. Long uh, after any of these other women are still on the show, Rena's going to be out of there. Dorit's going to be out of there. Uh, the other one, Garcelle's going to be out of there even. I think some of these women are going to come and go. 
and Bamboozle Jin could be behind bars. We don't know. We don't know what's going to end. I don't know where it even stands. What I do know is that they are filming, I heard. Now, don't quote me on this, and I don't know. I did hear they filmed Portia, the guy had her bat mitzvah. I heard through the grapevine that they were filming that, and Erica Jane wasn't there. There's all these rumors that Erica and Kyle aren't getting along, and I didn't see a picture. Maybe she was there, and I just missed it, or they didn't post any pictures, but I did hear that they filmed it. And so they're already en route for the next season, baby. Give it to me. Because I am living, I don't want there to be a break. I want this to go right into the next season. I want those four parts to end, and then let's start airing the next one. Because no other franchise is delivering this level drama. I mean, Vanderpump Rules this week felt so inconsequential. I was like, I don't really give a shit what's going on in Vanderpump Rules when I got all of this happening. And don't get me wrong, Vanderpump Rules, you guys, I mean, I guess we'll talk about it in a little bit. It's fine. It's there, and it's fine. And it's an it's a fine watch. But then when you compare it to something like Beverly Hills or even Salt Lake City or Potomac, it just feels like, what are we doing here? What's the point? What is the point? So what else is going on in this reunion trailer? Oh, it sort of opened with a very Lion King, majestic circle of life opening, like we were seeing the sun. And then we saw it was like a a scene of Bamboozle Jane and Rinna, who both, I don't, did anyone check out like the looks on those two? It was like they filmed a scene two weeks before the reunion. And the looks, Rinna's hair sort of looked like it was just thrown on. I don't know if she didn't have anyone combing it that day. Or, you know, I, I don't know exactly what happened there, but it felt like they just sort of threw her hair up in a bun and somebody mic'd her up and threw her in front of the red light and were like, we need you to film this scene. And she didn't have time for hair and makeup. And then uh, Bamboozle Jane, too. I don't know what was going on with the self-tanner or, or the blending of the contouring or whatever. It just seemed like it was thrown on her face. I, I don't know. I just couldn't understand those looks. And I don't know, maybe they thought it wasn't going to air. And so they just were like, well, let's just go in front of the red. Maybe they thought it was like a podcast. You know, sometimes when I get behind the microphone, I'm not putting on foundation or putting on any rouge on my face. I'm just getting behind the microphone. So maybe they thought they were just mic'd up and they would use it as like voiceover footage. And then Bravo bamboozled those two and was like, surprise, we're going to film you. <laughs> Because those weren't typical. You know, Beverly Hills, say what you want about the franchise, but they're usually at least put together. We don't always love their looks, but they at least look like they're put together. But that scene between the two of them, when they were just sitting there talking about the season or the reunion or whatever, I couldn't make heads or tails of those looks at all. It was like, did you get dressed in the dark? Like, what was happening there? Because I couldn't... Did no one look at your contouring? Because I'm not an expert, but at least I would have blended a little bit better. You know, or throw a comb through Rinna's hair or, or hit it with the weed whack or something. I don't know. There was like a piece that was sticking up is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and then so we see that. And then we also learn Crystal's getting threats and everything. I just have to say something. Everything iconic listeners, please do not be rude to Crystal online. Okay, I've had it. Y'all need to cool it. Please. Enough. You should not. I mean, coming after Crystal. Come on. It's her first season. Let's let her get her footing. And we could, of course, be critical, a little shady, that kind of thing. But you need to cool it with the messages. I hope it's not everything iconic listeners that are writing to Crystal. Because she said she's getting hundreds of messages a day. People saying assholeish things. And you all need to cool it. So that's number one. Uh, what else happens? Oh, we talk a little bit about there's the Sutton Crystal of it all. It, they bring out Kathy. And I want Kathy to be there the whole time. Even in the finale, it's like Kathy's getting scenes where she's alone. And so I wish Kathy is just there for all four parts. 
Also, I'm wondering if the husbands are going to be there because there's that moment where Bamboozle Jane says to Dorit and to Kyle, she says, your husbands. And Kyle's like, we can't control what they say. And she's like, I can't control what Tom Girardi, I can't control what Tom Girardi said. And uh, so there's that moment. I'm like, are they going to bring out PK? PK, baby, PK, come on out here, PK. Like I need to reach to just shout off stage for PK to wobble on out there. Uh, and then Mauricio, I'd love to see him wobble on out in front of the camera too. I need those two to face off against Bamboozle Chain. Uh, and the, and the, all of that I need to see play out. And then what else? So yeah, Andy just grills her and he's asking on these questions that we've wondered. And I also sort of think Andy saved it because if, if they were too hard on Erica Jane throughout the season, I do think that maybe she wouldn't have shown up at the reunion. So I think they really did save it from a production standpoint. It does sort of make sense that they were easy on her or easy on the other women regarding her because they were saving it for the reunion and ensure that she shows up for the reunion. But I can't imagine it's good for like the lawyers and the legal team. Like I can't imagine they're happy with her going on in front of the cameras and saying all this stuff. And then that smoking gun, I can only imagine what the lawyers said when she sort of said, I talked to him and she said, well, I, I asked him this and she catches herself and, and they ask about, Andy says something, well, you know, the logistics of it when you're talking about these victims is something you have to think about. I don't know. I don't know. You guys, it looks so good. Am I missing? I'm sure I'm missing a hundred things about this reunion trailer. It just was everything to me. I felt like they really gave it to us all. And then that music at the end, it was like, boom, boom. You know, we the end music was truly, that could have been scored by one of the greats. I don't know. Who are the great movie scores of our time? I mean, uh, Danny Elfman has nothing on the score. I don't know who's doing the music for this Real House Beverly Hills trailer, but they are giving it to us. You know what the sound people of that trailer editing said? They said, metaphorically, (laughs) metaphorically, they said, this one's for the girls. And I just feel like after everything we've been through the Real Houses of Beverly Hills, I feel so grateful that we all stuck with it. And we're going to talk about Vanderpump Rules. And sometimes I think we do have to get through these bad seasons to get to the good seasons because we we suffered a lot. I mean, we suffered through a lot with the Real Houses of Beverly Hills. There was that whole Panigate season. There was, of course... The uh, dog situation, what did they call it? Lucy Lucy Apple Juice slash Apple Juicy. Uh, we were all in with Teddy Mellencamp for a few short years, and we stuck through it all. And here we are rewarded. We are rewarded with this wonderful reunion. And I'm really curious about the Kyle and Erica. That's what I'm most fascinated by, because we also saw that Camille, did you guys see this in the news? Camille had said that she had heard at Andy's baby shower, someone of the housewives was going around telling people about Bamboozle Jane and all the finances stuff with the Tommy Two-Tone situation. And LVP said she heard that too. And then Camille came and she clarified it on her Twitter. She said, yeah, it was Kyle Richards. Kyle the Splits Richards was running around that baby shower, the bebe shower. In the words of Frank from uh, Father of the Bride, she's running around the baby shower, and she's telling everyone at the baby shower that Bamboozle Jane uh, is not uh, dealing with finances correctly. And so uh, I wanted to see that come up, and now knowing that Bamboozle wasn't at the bat mitzvah, you guys, I just have so many questions. I have so many questions, so many questions. But you, here I feel alive. It's so much easier. It's so much more fun to get on everything Iconic's microphone to talk about these shows when they're giving us something good. And when I saw that finale, I, the season finale of The Real House of Beverly Hills, to be honest, I was disappointed. Nothing really that interesting happened. I loved seeing a little bit of Crystal's culture, and I loved that whole thing, but it didn't feel like a robust finale. I kept thinking we were going to get something else. Sutton was 
seemingly uh, going to confront Erica Jane about some of the stuff. And she did, but it didn't go anywhere. Erica was just like stone cold back. And that's the one of the things that I struggle with with Erica Jane is like, it's hard to even feel bad for her, even if you wanted to, which I'm not saying any of us wanted to. But even if you wanted to, she just comes across as so mean. Like, she's just not nice. It's like rudeness and a coldness that I know she's been proud of in the past. And I understand that's how people are oftentimes. But it's just mean. Like, it just comes across as mean. And so, it's hard to feel sympathy or empathy for someone, anyone, who just doesn't seem very warm and nice. And I'm not saying that I need someone to be fake, warm, and nice. It's just I don't even feel like any sort of kindness as a human radiating through that person oftentimes. And then seeing her, if I were to see that trailer, at the end of that trailer, she's sobbing in the reunion trailer. Sobbing, her eyes, her face looks puffed out like she was crying a lot. You know what? My face gets real puffy when I cried, too. If you ever see me on a Zoom <laughs> on one of the interviews or something, my face looks extra puffy. You either know I was crying the night before or grinding my teeth, one or the other, because they both make my face puffy. Or I ate a whole Domino's pizza. You know, that's an option, too, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, her face looked puffy. And instinctually, as humans, I think if we were to see that image, seeing someone crying, you'd feel bad. But then it's like, before I even got to watch the trailer, I'm seeing her caption on Instagram saying that she's the champ and being this uh, cocky and showing off this bravado about the whole performance of it all. And I, it blocks off my ability to have any empathy or sympathy for this human being, which I don't know that I'd have anyway. But I'm taking out the like horrible victimness out of the whole equation. When there's such a cold exterior and hard, cocky bravado, it's impossible for humans for us to connect with that other person. And so, even if I were to see that image of her crying and want to feel bad, well, I saw that caption where he said, oh, I'm the champ. And so, that cuts off any emotional tie I could even possibly give you or any emotional line that I could throw your way. And so, I'm just not feeling it. I'm just not feeling it, you guys. So, I don't know. I end the season. I thought maybe by the end of the season, I'd feel differently about the Erica Jane stuff. But ultimately, although there were a few moments this season where I was empathizing with her. Those moments were so few and far between, and as we're ending, I'm not feeling bad, and we still got four weeks to sit through a reunion where Andy's going to go in, and he's going to act as the judge and jury for us. And he's going to ask all those tough questions that we've been all saying. Why haven't these housewives asked these questions? And that makes me believe that these housewives, to be honest with you, I hate to say this. I hate to say this. You know, what do I have? I shouldn't have an opinion on everyone's paycheck, but I do feel like on some level we might need to start docking pays. You know, I'm, I hate to say that, but I, on some level, these women, it's their job to ask these questions. And so Andy's got to come at the reunion, save all their asses and ask all the questions. Meanwhile, they're all sitting in the scene. It's like, why was Sutton the only one asking any of these questions? Even the finale night, Kyle keeps throwing Sutton under the bus. She's sitting there. She, they go to dinner with Erica Jane. And she says, well, Sutton's still got questions about that uh, that whole accident story. And it's like, well, we all have questions about it, Kyle. Like you said, you had questions about it too. They all did. So what's happening here? Why isn't anyone else asking any questions? And now Andy's got to swoop in and save the whole season. I mean, it's just, uh, I, I don't want to say that they should dock their pays if they don't ask important questions that the viewers want to know, but I am implying it. I am implying it. Okay. And what do I know? What do I, I know they've docked pay for worse right? They dock pay if they don't show up to the reunion. I think they maybe should start docking pay. Or or there should be some consequence. 
if there's no uh, no questions in these scenes because we need that as viewers we need that we need that we got to take a quick break here go to acast.com slash everything iconic for all episodes of everything iconic follow me on social media at danny pellegrino on twitter and instagram and pre-order my book it's called how do i unremember this wherever you get your books out march 8th of next year we'll be right back Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about this finale, shall we? Okay, so the finale. Now we open on Dorit. She's like, baby. Hi, my love. My babies. My babies. Hi. Hi, baby. Baba, baby. She's opening that farmhouse of hers and she's talking to the kids. So she says hello to the kids. Then we go to Harry and Lisa's. Harry's staying in a cabin for a couple weeks to film some movie. Then we see Erica and Crystal planning their Chinese New Year party. Uh, apparently, Crystal had a birthday a couple days ago and she had a mariachi band, two cakes. They filmed it, but they didn't air it, so it must not have been that interesting. Uh, Erica, meanwhile, she shows up to planning this Chinese New Year party in all green. I'm talking green shoes, green pants. Uh, she had a pink or orange bag, and we have the Muppets on the show today, and it reminded me of the Muppets. I thought I was looking at Kermit and Miss Biggie, because there's a scene, I hate to give a spoiler, but there's a scene in Muppet Haunted Mansion where it's like Kermit is wearing a costume that he looks like Miss Piggy. You know, so I don't even know if that made any sense to you guys, but he's basically all green with a little bit of pink. And I was like, that's what I feel like I'm looking at here on The Real House Beverly Hills. <laughs> the 
producers must have been in cahoots with Kermit. They must have been in cahoots with Kermit because that's what I saw when I saw Bamboozled Jane showing me in that all green. Uh, and I didn't really understand. They were wearing masks. And I know we're in a pandemic, but we haven't seen them wear masks in the show. So it was confusing to my eyes for a minute. But uh, Erica asked Crystal if she's going to be wearing a slit and a headdress. And Crystal's like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, no. <laughs> Then we see Kathy at the spec house. Now we finally got the scene where Kathy's wearing that lampshade hat. I think she wore it before in the season, but she, we see her. She's doing this little side project. Why the side project is uh, eighteen thousand square foot of a house, fifty-two million dollar home that her and the husband they just brought for fun. It was like, oh, we were going to do this, and now it's just a fun side project, a fifty-two million dollar side project, and that's why we love Kathy. That's why I love Kathy. And then Kath says to Sutton, who Sutton shows up to this big-ass house, she says, Crystal put together a big-ass party, and it can't be drama. But the way that Kathy and Sutton, they talk to each other, there's some sort of telekinesis going on. I'm not sure that that's the right term, but there's some sort of, last week on the show it happened, and now we're seeing it again, where Kathy just sort of says, like, drama. And then Sutton picks up on it, and she's, like, nodding along. And I almost feel like maybe Kath has some sort of uh, ability, uh, hypnotizing ability on people. And she's taken over Sutton's body and soul. And I feel like they have this weird telekinetic uh, condition. And I don't feel like Kathy has it with all the wives. I feel like she definitely doesn't have that with Dorit. Dorit, I feel like we've talked about this before. She don't even know Dorit's on the fucking show. Did you guys see Dorit at the reunion? We didn't even talk about this yet. We got so much to talk about. Dorit at the reunion trailer... We see her talking about how she talks in circles and she's boring. And then we see Andy yawning, you guys. Andy just looks like he's about to yawn. I have the no, f- chill. No. <laughs> and then Dorit goes after Andy for a minute. She says, am I boring you? And basically Andy's like, yeah, he can't quite say that up front, out loud and proud to Dorit. But what his eyes are saying is, yes, you're boring me. You're boring all of us. And at a certain point, Dorit needs to take the hit. How many more people can tell Dorit, like, hey, you're boring, until she finally understands that, hey, I'm boring. Like, maybe just cut it down a little bit. And we all know people like that. I don't know. I, I've told you guys about my brothers before. I have two older brothers. One of my brothers, Brian, love him to death. He's great, the greatest man in the world. He's the best. I love my brother, Brian, the middle brother. But he can't tell a story to save his soul. I mean, when you hear Brian telling a story, you run the other way. Because he will just go on and on and on and on and on. And even growing up, I was cognizant of because my dad has the same sort of thing. I've always been... If I'm telling a story, I try to keep it quick. I always leave the audience wanting more, right? And maybe I don't do that all the time in this podcast. Maybe I take things too far. But my brother Brian, my father, they will go on and on forever. And you're getting tired by the end of the story. And so I understood this trait when I see Dorit do it. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm in a conversation with Brian or my father. Uh, And at a certain point, I wondered, why don't they get it? If everyone's yawning in your face, it's time to lie down and take a nap. Stop telling a story because you're making everyone else go to sleep. Do you get what I mean? Uh, anyway, so then we have this dinner. We have this dinner between Dorit, Kyle, Erica, and Rinna. Now, Kyle arrives with a bag that's $22,000, and Dorit's bag is $8,000. And the waitress or the server, whoever that was, the person taking the drink order, she gives the chair, an extra chair to Kyle's purse, and Dorit's did not get the extra chair, you guys. Dorit's did not get the extra chair. And I love that. I love that the woman just didn't say, Dorit was pissed. I feel like that's going to come out at three union too. Or that's going to come to bite Kyle in the ass next season. I feel like that could start World War uh, Three here on this show. Because I know that Dorit was pissed about it. This pissed. And they were at this place. I think it was called Thalia. 
don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Forgive me. But they ordered some drinks. The The drink person was like, hey, you got to try this our specialty drink. So Kyle's like, okay, I'll get that. And it's a drink where you pour some more purple drink into it. And so it comes with this little vial of purple stuff and you pour it into the main drink. And Erica was looking at it, you guys. It's a very small moment. I encourage you back, go back and watch. Erica was amazed. She's like, that's pretty. It's like it's violet. She said, it's like it's violet. I mean, that's not the Erica voice. She more said it more like, it's like it's violet. But you guys, she was amazed by it. Amazed by this little, tiny little thing. And I was shouting to the screen. I said, no shit, Erica. Of course it's violet. Like, that's what the whole drink is about. But she, it's like it's violet. <laughs> no shit. No shit. Uh, anyway, Kyle, that's when she throws Sutton under the bus and was like, oh, we're, oh, I got questions about the car crash victims, which we all have questions about it. And then Erica starts to tell the story. She does take a really long pause and then says, my son helped find him. And they're all like, what do you mean your son helped find him? It's all very confusing. And then Rinna relates it to herself because Erica says, uh, in terms of her Instagram, Kyle says, why are you posting all this stuff on Instagram? You're saying these crazy captions. In the court of public opinion, you're doing yourself a disservice in that court. And Erica says, well, I like to troll the trolls. And then Rinna's like, I like to troll the trolls too. And then she says she got into it with QVC. QVC was pissed that she was posting about politics. Now, I, Rinna does post about politics, and I tend to often agree with Rinna's politics. So I like when Rinna posts about that stuff, but apparently she lost her QVC deal. Now, you guys know it's my dream to go on QVC. I think we've talked about this before. I want to go on QVC, and I just want to be like one of the hosts for like a segment. Not long. Just want to go on there, talk about my wares. It doesn't even have to be my wares. Like, I'd go on there and just sell some other person's product. Like, put me on there to sell seasonal philosophy body wash. Or put I could sell one. I'll sell my book. Well, put me on there to sell the book. Whatever it's got to be. I just want to, like, have to... I want to have the excitement of that. It feels to me like an adrenaline rush where you just are on screen. You have to talk about the wares for a while. So, you have to fill the air. You have to fill the space. And Rinna does it well. We got to give Rinna that. Uh, but I, it's my dream one day. That's the next goal on my list. My dream maker list is me on QVC. What I really want to do is like for Christmas time, I want to just sell like, you know how they, the holidays, they do all the holiday goods. Like I want to have to sell fucking garland, lights, uh, blow up signs for the front yard. Like I want to sell all the holiday stuff and just have to like really talk about it for you know, 20 minutes at a time. It's the dream. So then, let's see. Garcelle, we're wrapping up all this information about Garcelle and dating men. She went on a date with that guy who had the good body, and it was really uncomfortable. And so here we see her talking to her stylist, a man named Robert. And I have to say, Robert. R-O-B-E-A-R. I love that name. I'm obsessed with that name, Robert. Has he been on before? I just wasn't paying attention. I need to know more about Robert. Uh, but Garcelle says, oh, I think I'm over the dating coach. And I was like, yeah, because the season's over. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no shit. No shit you're done with the dating coach because the season's over. You don't have to pretend to use it as a storyline. And I love Garcelle. That's, uh, I, I'm being a little shady to Garcelle, but I love her. And quite honestly, I'm disgusted by all of you that she even had to hire a dating coach. I've talked about this before. It's disgusting to me that uh, people aren't lining up outside her door and she had to hire a dating coach as a storyline on a reality TV show. I'm disgusted with all of you. Uh, and by all of you, I, of course, only mean the straight men who are listening, which I'm sure there's upwards of uh, a few of you. I'm sure a couple of you listen listen to the show. 
So, uh, you know, encourage your straight friends. Go line up outside Garcelle's door so she doesn't have to pretend next season that she's hiring a dating coach. Then everyone's getting ready. Rob and Crystal are really rich. Rob was just casually wearing Alexander McQueen sandals or something. Mikey Minden still Erica's creative director, which we haven't seen him in a while. He hasn't popped up. When I saw Mikey Minden, you guys, I have the no, chill. No. Mikey Minden's still there, and she's got two other people. She's got the creative director. She's got hair and makeup. Uh, a lot of money is going to that. I, I can't believe that's good optics, but it's happening. She's still doing it. Sutton's getting ready in those eye patches. Beverly Hills Housewives, you guys, they need to invest in some eyewear, eye patches, because they're all wearing them every scene. I'm seeing Kathy, Sutton, Kyle, everyone's got the eye patches on. One of them need to come out with a line of eye patches. Enough with the candles and all the other stuff these housewives are coming out with. Somebody get on the eye patches. That's where the money is. Follow the money. Like, that's what you're, you're also naturally selling them on this show. Somebody needs one. Kyle, we need her to come out with the eye patches. Sutton, Kathy, I don't care who does it. I need to do it. Somebody needs to do it. Uh, it's insane. So then what else is going on? Oh, the party at Crystal's, the New Year's party. It's the best part about it. Well, I liked seeing Crystal's parents, but the best part about it was that Kath arrives, not with her husband, Rick. We haven't seen once this season. She arrives with Elliot Mintz. Now, I saw this man, and I thought, that's a blast from the past. I, I thought I remembered him, and I was sitting there. I was watching it with my boyfriend. I said to Matt, I said, I think we know that man. I'm pretty sure he's the man who was sitting with Rena when uh, all the other people at the party allegedly went to go do coke in Dorit's bathroom. And I was right. I was right, because then they showed us in the flashback. He was the old gentleman uh, who was uh, caught at the party sitting and talked to Rena for an hour while the rest of the party just left, allegedly, to do coke in the restroom, which Rena then confronted Dorit over. And she said, were people doing coke in your bathroom? Uh, and so I loved this little throwback. Wasn't expecting it. Loved it. Loved it. And Dorit arrived. She's like, I'm going to make sure I don't do any trips to the bathroom tonight. <laughs> then, um, let's see, Rena said something about the bunny. They were doing a lot of throwback stuff. Garcelle then confronts uh, Rena and says something about Denise. And they're setting up a Denise return. We all know that, right? They're setting us up. I mean, I've seen it before, you guys. This finale next season, there's going to be a sit-down with Denise. I know it. They would have cut the scene otherwise, because if they're not setting up a Denise return, why would they still be using her this late after she left the show? It's Believe me, it's coming. I don't know how or when. Maybe it'll be in two seasons. Maybe it'll be in three. But Denise fucking Richards is going to be popping back up on Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo. Telling you that much. Mark my words. And then, uh, let's see, Erica and Kyle, they both did the same hair for the for the finale night. Okay. It's hair. It's okay. Mauricio, he was playing he was playing an instrument at one point at this party, and I just love him. I love him. So then uh, they were all doing... It was nice to see Crystal's cultures. We talked about that, but they were feeding the animal the money. You know, that was part of the tradition. And I'll be honest with you, I was grossed out that they were all touching dollar bills ever since even before COVID. I don't like touching dollar bills. It always grosses me out strippers and everything. I get sicked out that they're all uh, touching money on their hoo-hahs and everything because money's got the most germs. You know, dollar bills, of course I love a $20 bill, $100 bill, whatever the dollar bill is, but it's got so many germs on. And then when COVID happened, I'm like, I'm never going to touch money again. So I was getting a little bit of anxiety watching them touch the monies, watching them touch the monies. And then, uh, so then we have the Sutton Erica stuff. Everyone got quiet for a minute. It was really awkward. And Elliot's like, I didn't hear what's going on. <laughs> Love that. Elliot, we need to bring him back. Give him a diamond. 
give that man. I, you know, I don't often want men on these shows to have like a starring role, but I wouldn't mind if Elliot Mintz had a diamond. He just seems like he'd bring it in a way that we haven't seen on this. Then, uh, yeah, everyone, we end with the end cards. The only thing I do want to say about these weird end cards this season is that they're different than normal. Normally, what we see is at the end of these seasons, they do a still frame on these women, and then we get like the full enchilada of like what they're up to in the off season. But for some reason, now they decided to change it up. So it was like we got a still, and we got a little like one line about what they're doing, and then we'd get another still of another line of what they were doing. I don't know if that's making any sense. They just edited those end cards differently and I didn't care for it. I'd like us to go back. I'd like us to go back. Anyway, that's uh the real houses of Beverly Hills, you guys. That's uh, we had so much to talk about. Shall we talk uh Vanderpump rules? All right, VPR. We're going to keep this short. I, I well, we think it's going to be short. Who knows? Let's see. I think with Vanderpump Rules, one of the things I'm struggling with is the production of this show. Because we know that earlier seasons, of course, they were so realistic. We had so many real storylines going on. It felt like we were voyeurs in this world of these servers at Sir Restaurant, Sexy Unique Restaurant. And now we're leaning so far into the comedy. And they've done that the past few seasons, of course. I remember when they did that commercial for FOMO in the middle of the episode, and they they made it like a medical medicine commercial. So I remember when they did that, and then they did that 80s like sitcom opening thing where they played around with the editing there. And so they've been really doing these bits for a while now. And in this episode this week, they did that thing where it was Tom Schwartz was talking about Brock's dick and his legs and the ratio, and they were doing like a beautiful mind like they were Russell Crowe and the thigh to junk ratio. Now that is cute in theory, but... if I'm, I'm starting to feel like Vanderpump Rules is leaning so far into the comedy that it's basically like we're watching a sitcom now. And if I want to watch a sitcom, I want to watch one that's much funnier. I want to watch, I'm going to put on Veep, I'm going to put on The Office or something, and I'm going to watch a, an actual comedy that's made to be a comedy. But as it stands with Vanderpump Rules, we're in this in-between space where they're leaning so far into the comedy that the drama isn't getting as, it isn't as dramatic because we're we're comparing it with all this high comedy. And then also the comedy is being performed by people that are reality stars. And I don't necessarily think I need to see Tom Schwartz doing comedy bits because uh, they're acting. Even in the confessional, I, I believe me, a producer went up to Tom and was like, oh, we're going to do like a beautiful mind bit. Let's do it. I don't necessarily think it was Tom Schwartz's idea to like, let me pretend I'm writing on a chalkboard. That had to have been planned. And I don't think that was him that planned it. And even if it was him that planned it, like, I'd rather have comedians on this show. Like, let's go to Second City and fucking hire some some comedians to write those bits instead of just like uh, this reality show is leaning so far into them. Because I just feel like it lessens the impact of all the dramatic moments. And then the dramatic moments, I, I'm feeling like disconnected with them. I should have given a little, I should have told you guys to turn off this podcast. If you really like Vanderpump Rules this week, this season, I understand, and I, I I hate to talk badly about these shows because there are people that enjoy them, and I want you guys to enjoy them. The goal is for all of us to enjoy them. And so I feel bad, and I know the people that are enjoying this week, which, I God bless, I'm happy. I think that's the, the greatest thing of it all. But I know those people are getting mad at me for talking shit about the show that they're really enjoying. And so turn off this podcast if you really like this week, because I'm kind of dragging it, and I do feel bad. And I only drag it out of love because I see the high highs that we've been. And I do think this cast has so much great stuff there. 
And so I'm critical because I care. I'm critical because I care. And I think that we could come back from this. But as it stands, there's so many weird production choices. Like we're throwing Lisa Vanderpump in there in scenes that don't make any sense. Like it just seems like we're forced to have the Toms go to her house to pick up the flowers. And it's like, they wouldn't do that in real life. We know that they're doing that for the show. And obviously in reality TV, we have to suspend disbelief and believe that uh, people are going to have to go to these scenes and go into these places that they wouldn't normally go into. But it, the whole show feels just like, oh, we're scripting all of these comedy bits. We're doing this fashion show that aired for 20 fucking minutes on the show. It felt like forever that we were watching that fashion show. And that was a thing. I don't believe that Tom Sandoval was like, oh, let's do this fun fashion show for half the episode. I feel like that had to have been planned by production. And to show it all seems weird to me because it feels like something that in another season or another franchise, we would get like a quick, quick little minute of it. And here it's like the whole thing. And so all of it is feeling so stagey to me. And I don't want that for this show. And I feel bad. And there's some good stuff. Lala, as much as I don't like Lala, you guys know I'm not a big Lala fan. I don't like when they give me too much Lala. <laughs> but I will say, I and I hate that I'm even going to defend Lala for a minute. The one thing about Lala is I think she's divisive. Now, I fall on the end of like not liking it, right? Like I'm not someone who really enjoys it. Uh, but I think people either love her or hate her. And she's bringing at least that to the show. And I'm seeing online, I feel like that's the only thing people are really talking about because there's not a whole lot of else to latch on to. So all the tweets, all the social media, it's just like, I hate Lala or I love Lala. So that feels like the only thing that's a little, div- only thing that's getting us talking. Does that make sense? Like, other than that, I'm like, what do we have to talk about? Because even the feuds, they sort of go nowhere. The Charlie thing, I was, I love Charlie. I'm team Charlie in all of this. And I was so empathetic about everything she goes through with food issues. And I love that she's opening up about it. But to me, it felt like it went nowhere. It was like they brought it up, but then there was no real clarity on it. And I didn't quite understand what she was trying to say, other than that she had food issues. But it seemed to me like there was some more information there that, I don't know why they maybe chose not to tell us, or maybe it was Charlie that chose not to tell us. It was just confusing for the viewer. Again, very sympathetic to all of those food issues. I'm someone who I've talked about on the show. I've had food issues uh, my whole life. It's been a, a, a thing. But to open up about it and make it a storyline on the show, and then for them to not clarify like what exactly it meant, and, and maybe I misunderstood it, maybe I saw it, I, I missed something... But it, it was a confusing choice to me. And I loved the scene with Charlie and that Buffy, the, the head or whatever that she's doing for esthetician school. Loved that. And Charlie versus Lala. You know, Charlie says she knows gangsters and Lala's not one of them. I think that's a whole interesting thing that's playing out. Uh, but I don't know. It just felt like the things that I laugh at on this show, when I look back on Vanderpump Rules, all the seasons we've had, the funniest moments to me are the ones like Kristen yelling at Diana to suck a dick. Like, to me, that's the funniest moment. I'm not thinking about all those over-edited, over-produced segments, right? Like, if I think of the the canon of Vanderpump Rules, the funniest moments are the most natural, the ones that happen organically. They're not the fake commercials that air in the middle of the show or the Tom Schwartz with the uh, the beautiful mind thing or the the bit they did where it was like, Lisa Vanderpump put her bra in Tom Schwartz's suitcase. Like, those are always the most cringy to me and none of the most memorable. So, if you're going to lean into the comedy, then at least lean into the comedy of just 
the natural human behavior of these nutballs that we love instead of like scripting it with people who aren't comedians. Does that make, am I making sense? Oh, and the pickleball of it all. Ah, you guys, the pickleball. When you, I heard they were doing pickleball. Pickleball, again, a fucking again. A fucking again, they're doing more pickleball and bravo. Every channel now, every show is doing pickleball. I feel like I can't get away from pickleball. And now next week, there's going to be a pickleball championship. And it looks like they got graphics prepped and ready. And we love the, we love the, I feel like I'm being so hard on the Bravo editors and they do brilliant work. And maybe there's something that happens behind the scenes that we don't know about. Maybe there's, they don't have much to work with. So that's why they're leaning into these editing tricks or I I don't know. The producers, they're they're brilliant people and they've given us so much. They're brilliant, brilliant people. Uh, I just, uh, it's not resonating with me. It's not. They did uh, have Raquel and James in a confessional together. That was interesting. Whatever. Uh, that's all. I don't know. Next week there's engagement or something. Even the engagement, as much I should be excited about engagement on Vanderpump Rules, and I don't even feel like I'm that excited about it. But uh, there was a scene in the preview for next week of Raquel crying that looks like a real breakdown moment, and I'm interested in see those real feelings because that's I think that's what I'm missing from Vanderpump Rules. The feuds that we've had so far, the Lala versus Charlie, Lala versus Ariana, to me they feel like they've just ended. What was that whole Ariana and Lala thing was such a big part of the premiere. And then there was like, it didn't feel like there was any resolution, but it seemed like they were getting along just fine in the episode. And so it's like, where did that go? It just ended. It just was done. I don't get it. And so at least next week with the Raquel thing, I'm like, oh, there's some real emotion that I can latch on to. Does that make sense? I feel like I just dragged Vanderpump Rules. I'm sorry. They've given us so much. And I believe that there's such a good show in there. And it's still a pleasant, it's a really pleasant watch. You know, I dragged it a little bit, but... I think it's really fun to watch while you're doing your laundry and all that stuff. It's just a far cry from appointment TV that we've loved from this show. And so we wanted to get back on track. So that's why we're critical. Uh, but it's still, I mean, more so than a lot of the other Bravo shows. I think it's a great show to put on the TV, the boob tube, uh, and enjoy. Enjoy while you're folding laundry, cooking dinner, what have you. Okay, you guys, that's everything iconic. I want to tell everyone on Sunday night's show, the episode that'll be out on Sunday, we have an interview coming, an interview coming. So I will not be recapping Salt Lake City or Potomac. Don't get mad at me. We're taking a little breather, but I have some good interviews coming up. Really good interviews. So all of that said, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to leave you all with this chat with Gonzo and Pepe from the Muppets Haunted Mansion, which you can watch on Disney Plus starting October 8th, the day before my birthday. Uh, and uh, I will leave you guys with this chat. Love you all. Bye-bye. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic. A North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern 
living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm here with Gonzo the Great and Pepe from the new uh, Muppet Haunted Mansion. How are you both doing, Gonzo? Let's start with you. Well, I'm great. I'm just fantastic. Fantastic. It's good to be promoting my new project and uh, not filming it anymore, which was hard. Right. And Pepe, how was filming for you? What was that like? Oh, it was, it was, uh, it was fun. You know, I went to work, I get to play, they pay me and I go home. Right. Right. Now, Gonzo, I gotta, I, I gotta let you know that you're a bit of a style icon on Twitter. I don't know if you know this, your suits, yes. a lot of people love the way you dress. What yeah. uh, what advice do you have for for people out there in terms of getting dressed and becoming a style icon? Uh, get a designer. You got to work with somebody. Uh, this whole outfit was by PP Sanchez. Okay. Okay. Got it. Well, it looks great. And Pepe, you look great too. And you're uh, in the movie. You actually have a very famous uh, lover. Let's say. Uh, I want to know what do you look for in a relationship? Um, you know, uh, eyeballs. Um, someone with a mouth, you know, so you can talk to them and kiss. Um, uh, someone who is funny and someone who can dance. And what relationship advice do you have for people out there listening to this right now? Uh, I would say probably uh, don't rush things. Mm-hmm. Take your time, be patient and smile. Now, Gonzo, can you wait, tell wait, wait. me? Can, can, can I just interrupt for a second? Please. please. Pepe, would you show me yourself smiling? Sure. <laughs> okay. Just wanted to see. Why? No, never mind. It's okay. Okay. What was Gonzo, the next question? Gonzo, do you have any favorite scary movies? I know Haunted Mansion. It's not super scary. It's for the whole family. But do you like scary movies? I do. I love scary movies. But I wouldn't say this is that scary. It's for the whole family. It's for the whole family. It's going to be on Disney+. Plus. October 8th. It's a day be before my birthday. Is it oh, really? Happy birthday. Happy Get birthday. Get out of town. Yeah, Get out of town. town. It's my birthday. Well, happy birthday in advance. And yeah. people are going to love this movie. I just think it's fantastic. What did you, what are you guys binging on TV? Pepe, are you watching anything? Uh, I like to watch uh, game shows. Yeah, like a Wheel of Fortune or something? I love like Wheel that. of Fortunes. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to go on it. I want to win the, the prizes. Yeah. I like Haley Mills movies. I'm going to watch uh, Swiss Family Robinson next. Oh, that's a you good know, one. I just interviewed Haley Mills uh, <gasps> about a week or two ago. She's a legend. Get out of town. Come on. I'm in town, Gonzo. I told you that. That's already. fabulous. Oh, <laughs> she's, she's wonderful, isn't she? 
Yeah. She was fantastic. I mean, a legend. And so are you. I, I mean, the two of you. But Gonzo, I want to know, do you have a favorite uh, Muppet project that you've been a part of? I mean, you've been in Ooh. so many. Well, I, I certainly like Muppets Haunted Mansion on Disney Plus uh, October on 8th. October 8th. But uh, I loved uh, I loved Christmas Carol, the Christmas Carol movie. Oh, Jack, can That's I say you are great in this? You are great oh, thank in this. You. Yeah. I, I mean, think one you of can the see that on Disney Plus, can't you? Yeah. And Gonzo, yeah. I, I got to say, my favorite is a Muppet Family Christmas, which was oh. a, a little bit before Haunted Mansion. Yeah, sure. that was before uh, Pepe. I love the two of you. Thank you. And we're all going to watch Haunted Mansion, Disney Plus, October 8th. Thank Great. you, Danny. It's a pleasure Thanks, talking Danny. to you, my friend. Thank yes, you you're guys. a nice guy. Yeah, uh, you're the best. You're I like your best. headphones. I'm in heaven. I like yeah. your headphones. Thank you. Thank you.